Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Okay, well, welcome to episode 64 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. We're going to continue our series in and uh, how to deal with what we're going through politically right now. Uh, but uh, so this will be a good time for you to probably get your friends to come be a part and to sound out and say, listen, this is great. I was watching uh, Facebook yesterday, the day before. There's one lady, man, she's all in it. She yeah, said she's starting that. on the beginning and she's posting to everybody. But you don't necessarily have to do that, but certainly get the word out about uh, uh, connecting faith to life. Um, so, uh, Politics is a strange thing that we have to deal with as Christians because, truthfully, Pastor, we are not of this world. We understand that, but we still have some type of connection to this world, Mm -hmm. and it does matter how this world goes on because even though we are not of this world, we're strangers and aliens type idea, uh, there is responsibility so that the gospel can continue to go out so that we can live with peace with others and other things like that. So. I guess what I'm asking, and I think we need to ask today, is if we are not of this world, then how does that affect uh, the politics, uh, how we deal with the world, what we do? Are we just to be you know, other-minded other minded all the time, and all those things that go with what it means to be a follower of Christ in this world that we live in? So uh, hopefully we're going to uh, attack some of those uh, problems today. So We're going to do our best. And so we are recording this on, what's today, September the... 29th, 29th yes. Tuesday, and this is a big deal because tonight, if we can stay awake until mm. 9 o'clock tonight. Us old it, people, man, we just, man, it's I, hard. What time do you go to bed, Trey? <laughs> go to sleep or go to bed? <laughs> I go to bed about 10.30, but I'd already done gone to sleep. Right, I understand. So we we put our boys down for bed around 8, 8.15, something like that, and usually I try to sit down in the chair, always open a book, and I try to read. Mm. And I usually fall asleep within 15 minutes of sitting down trying to read, and then Stacy wakes me up. So Stacy says that I take a nap before bedtime. Well, you got to get rested up for bed. Yeah, you do. You do. It's, yeah, it's I mean, a big deal. Just... So I, I usually take a nap, then get up and go to the bed. And we'll try to. And then when we get in bed, we we might try to watch a little TV show or something for a few minutes. And uh-huh. I, I don't really make it through that either. So <laughs> I don't. But I get up early. You get up pretty early, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. No. Anyway, all that to say, tonight, if we can stay awake until nine o'clock tonight, which which would be a miracle, uh, it is the first presidential mm-hmm. debate. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump. The president going against the Democratic challenger, mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. You excited about this? I'm I'm just excited because <laughs> I, I like these things, you know, yeah, uh, just to hear what they both fascinating. say. It's yeah. fascinating. And so I was actually listening to a podcast uh, this morning. You know, Al Mohler does a yeah. podcast, president of Southern uh, Theological Seminary in uh, Louisville. And he was going back in the history of presidential debates and talking about how the debates actually affect the elections. Mm-hmm. And his conclusion was debates don't actually affect the election at all. Wow. <laughs> so well, he said, he said um, back, I guess it was 1960, you would know because you were. That was about, a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were about I, 45, Dan. I, I that, don't remember that, by the way, <laughs> just so everybody knows, for the record. But, but go that ahead. was Nixon and Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. And that was fascinating because he said that uh, uh, President Kennedy, uh, 
he had a, a problem. I, I say a problem. He sweated profusely. Actually, the other way around. Not Nixon. 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 I'm sorry. I yeah. got the names mixed up. I wasn't alive. I don't remember. Um, but Nixon, <laughs> he had a, he's, still yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ahead. so he, he said he was sweated profusely and just looked out of shape. And, and, uh, Mueller said that actually at that time, President Nixon was in great physical shape, mm-hmm. better physical shape than John F. Kennedy That's was. True. Yeah. But the way that he appeared on the television made him look like he was out of shape mm-hmm. and unfit to do the job. And, and that one debate, Cost him big changed time. Changed everything. Changed yeah. everything. Yeah, it did. And Mueller said that really was the one of the only times that that in recent history, in modern history, where a presidential debate actually changed the course mm-hmm. of the election. Mm-hmm. You know, his 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 argument was essentially, you know, by this point, we've all decided who we're going to vote for, right, probably, right. and and it would take just a major mishap by one of the candidates for mm-hmm. us to change our minds but it might happen who knows yeah because yeah. we have two wild guys going at it tonight oh they're going to go at it too i mean i've watched you know in my 40 something years i've watched my share of presidential debates i, I i've never been more concerned <laughs> than i am about the one tonight because you just don't know what's gonna come out of these guys mouths i'm telling you man it, it is wild it is like it is like the most heated rivalry in the nfl that it you is can it's like watching imagine. the super bowl night i yeah, mean we're is, gonna get the popcorn out deal. the ice cream the, i mean you're just gonna go wild because you have a Debate party. I mean, it's just going to be a crazy, crazy night. But but here's what I know, Trey, is that um, we've got two wild men going at it tonight. Mm. Whatever your political opinions are, you you cannot, you know, for one second, um, you can't for one second uh, deny the fact that Donald Trump is a loose cannon with his mouth sometimes, right? He just <laughs> says what true. he wants to say. What, whether you like that or hate that, he, he, he just says what's on his mind. And then Joe Biden, I mean, he's, and again, this is denied or not. I mean, this is just what, what we know. He, he's kind of famous for some gaffes. Yeah, 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 especially right now. So what we know tonight is Donald Trump is going to say something crazy, mm. and Joe Biden's going to have some kind of gaffe, because that's what they do. That's how that's what they, they roll. They do. That's and how they if roll. you're like me, you're going to probably watch this debate and come away from it saying, man, this is the country in which we live. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah, it's going to be different, brother. Yeah, it's yeah. Going to be different. And I think that's why we need to come back to Scripture mm, because amen. there is a tendency to watch a debate and see who we have that's running for office and come away feeling like, man, this is just not good. Mm. And then come back to Scripture and get God's perspective on what's going on in our culture politically. And so what we're doing, we're going to talk about a theological issue and connect it to a political issue. We did this on the last episode. We talked about the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and how we're a part of a different kingdom. We're looking at a theme in Scripture on this episode that is similar to the theme we looked at last time, but I, I, I need us to think through this yeah, because I, like I think this, this is going to help us yeah. to have a good grasp on our political culture. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about the theme for a few minutes of exile in the Bible. I don't think that's a... I don't think people even understand that principle. I really yeah, don't. But so you think this about is it, great. Yeah, and, and just hang with me. We're going to get to the political part in just a moment. We're going to talk about the, the, the truths Good. that you need to understand as an exile in this nation. But you need to understand what exile is. And mm-hmm. exile is a huge theme in the Bible. You think about it, Trey. God made two people, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. They lived in the Garden of Eden, and they had a wonderful life. God was with them. As, as, as they began their, their lives, they were perfect. Mm-hmm. They had not fallen in sin yet. And then they gave into temptation and they fell into sin. And what was 
the consequence of that sin. How did God punish them, Trey? Do you remember? He sent them out of the garden. Sent them out of the garden. Yeah. And the, the garden of Eden, it, it was then guarded. Remember, it was guarded by cherubim. They couldn't get back in. And so, so in in Genesis chapter three, you have the first story of exile. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Adam and Eve are kicked out of their home because of their sin. Mm-hmm. But but here's where the story gets interesting, Trey, is that God does not want his people to stay in exile. And so if you think about it, and this is big, and I don't think we think about this as Christians very often, the whole storyline of the Bible is a story of how God brings mm. people out of exile and brings them back home. And you know where home is, Trey. Home is the Garden of Eden. Home is being with God. With God unhindered by sin. Mm -hmm. That's where home is. And so what you see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament are all these stories of exile that point us to our need to be home with God. For example, we've talked about Eden. Uh, There's even the story of, you know, the the Hebrews Mm -hmm. in Egypt, exile. Remember how Joseph uh, was raised up to power by Pharaoh, and then Joseph died, and when he died, the next Pharaoh forgot who he was. And so you have these Hebrew people that are enslaved in Egypt, they're away from home. They're in exile. Mm-hmm. God raises up a deliverer who brings them out, Moses. But, you know, you have that whole story. Then you think about, you know, how God's people, they finally have a homeland, the promised land. And they live in that land, but they disobey God. Yes, and did. what does God do? He sends, he them, sends out. them into exile. The same thing. Same and so thing. you have it repeating over and over again. You have Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden because they're sin. Then you have the, the Israelites kicked out of the promised land because of their sin against God. But God eventually brings them back home Mm -hmm. into the land. They come back. You remember this in the Bible, uh, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, they tell about how the um, Israelites come back to the promised land and how they rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls of the city. But here on Sunday mornings, Trey, we've been studying the book of Malachi. Mm. Malachi was written after that Babylonian exile, people have repopulated the land. But we've said over and over in our study of the book of Malachi, things just weren't right. They never did get it right. Yeah, they like. came back home, but it didn't feel like home. The temple wasn't as wonderful as it once was. They were trying to reestablish themselves. The, the, the nation of Israel wasn't as mighty as it once was. They were home, but it didn't feel like home. And so the Old Testament story is a story of exile. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the New Testament, and things start to change. And there's now watch this, Trey. This is, and I don't think we 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 get this most of the time. We don't we don't understand this. There's exile in the Gospels, but it's a different kind of exile because in the Old Testament, people rebel against God, and God sends them to exile. That's the story of Adam and Eve. That's the story of the Babylonian captivity. Mm-hmm. Do they want to go into exile? No. No. The exile is a consequence for the rebellion against God. Then you come to the Gospels and you see someone going into exile. His name was Jesus. I was going to say this, Jesus. Jesus went into exile. In fact, uh, what, what, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, is that he who was rich, he who had everything, mm. he who was, was you know, in the presence of God, in, in his heavenly dwelling, left it and became an exile in this broken world. He became poor for our sake. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, now watch this. Old Testament, they did not willingly go in exile. It was a result of their sin. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, to save us from our sins, man, it's so good. He willingly went into exile. Mm-hmm. He left heaven, came to this earth, born as a baby, 
lived the life we could not live, died on the cross, rose again. Why? Mm. He came in and as an exile to this earth to bring us out of Here's exile. That. That's so good. And so, so Jesus opens the way for us to what? To ultimately return to Eden. That's going to be the story once we get to the book of Revelation. But he, he paves the way for that by becoming a willing exile, coming into this earth for us, right? And then you have Peter at the end of the New Testament. He writes First Peter and Second Peter. He understands that, man, I'm, I'm an exile. Mm. He, he writes to believers and he says, we are elect exiles. This is not our home. Our home is with Jesus, the one who willingly came as an exile, died on the cross and rose again and ascended to the Father. Our home is with him, and we will not be home until we are in his presence. And so if you think about it, the whole story of the Bible is is this story of God's people exiled. And what God wants to do, he wants to bring exiles home. Mm. And home is not a nation on this earth. Home is not the United States. Home is not Europe. Home is not Australia. Home is not that place where you live. Home is the presence of God. It's being with God unhindered by sin. Amen. And that's the hope of the Bible. Revelation, when Christ returns, he's going to ultimately bring us home, body and soul, to be with him. Mm. And so just understanding, like we talked about in the last episode, one, that we're part of a different kingdom, but also... We're exiles here on this earth. This is not our home. It reminds me of the story of the missionary came home on a ship, and everybody was out there to, you know, there was a big band and everything else going on, welcome home, welcome home. And he, for some reason, thought it was for him. Yeah. And then vice president got off the ship, mm, and he realized mm. it's for the vice president. Yeah, yeah. And he was disappointed, and one of his friends said, brother, you're not home yet. That's right. He came back to what he thought was his home, but yeah. heaven's our home, yeah. not not the United States. Yeah. And so if, if you are here in the U.S. and you watch a debate tonight or you've lived through 2020 and, mm, wow. and you've, you know, you've lived through the pandemic, you've lived through the civil unrest, you've lived through uh, the political divide in our nation, and, and if you're feeling like, man, things aren't right, this just doesn't feel like home. That's there's a reason not. why it feels that way, because it's not home for you. Amen. It's a temporary home, and it can be a good temporary home. But it's never going to be your true home. And so if you're having those feelings of, man, just just ain't right, mm-hmm. it's because that's true. It ain't right. This ain't your home. Amen. So with that in mind, we need to look at then three truths for sojourning Christians, Christians who are not where they belong. Right. We're not at home. Number one, don't expect the United States or any other place on this earth to feel like home. Yeah, we just talked about that. This this isn't home. So don't expect for it to feel like home. Now, now here's what we need to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be some seasons when it does feel like home. Yeah, yeah. Right? Of course. I mean, and, and, and even— We get glimpses of it. We get glimpses of it, right? So we're in a season right now that for most of us it doesn't feel like home. This has been a bad year. Yeah. And, and it doesn't seem like the ends in sight, does it? But it's been a bad year. But there probably have been some seasons in your life where you're like, man, this has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Where, where maybe politically the candidate who was leading or the— um, president you had or the local government you had was was in alignment with where you are and it, and it felt good to have mm-hmm. that particular president in office or whatever the case may be there have been times when it's felt more like home than it does now but those are seasons there it's temporary it's always up and down isn't it trey there there are times oh, when things man, go yes. well times when it doesn't times when it feels like home times when it doesn't feel like home and and you know we have a tendency to long for the good old days don't we trey 
<laughs> yeah, we really do. But but by the way, today is somebody's good old days. You, that's you exactly that, right. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because there will be 50 years from now, yeah. somebody will look back and say, man, I can't believe it's not 2020 anymore. I wish it was 2020. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody saying that. But but for some, these are the good old days. Yeah, exactly. And then you think about even our nation and our nation's history. Man, if we could just get back to our roots as a nation, mm. our founding fathers and uh, things of that nature. And and certainly there were some great ideals that our founding fathers had that we appreciate and want to see lived out in our nation. But they were ideals. They were ideals. I was going to say it was never really that way. It wasn't as good. I mean, as that we, was the ideal. Yeah, that was but, the ideal, but they didn't really achieve it either. Mm. So there's really no such thing as good old days. We mm-hmm. long for the good old days, but the good old days weren't that good, were they, Trey? Mm. There's always been division. There's always been war. There's always been pandemics. There's always been this stuff that characterizes a broken world. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. So since we live in a broken world, don't expect it to feel like home because our hearts long for something that's not broken. Mm -hmm. And this world cannot give us what's not broken. It's never going to feel like home. But I think that's ordained of God. We're not not supposed to feel it. And and Paul says this in Romans chapter 8. He says Mm -hmm. in Romans chapter 8, man, creation longs for a better day. Oh, yeah. The world knows it's broken. That's right. You can't expect this place to feel like home all the time because it's not. It's a broken world. So don't expect the U.S. or any other place to feel like home. So we can't feel that way. But number two, we don't need to expect politics and politicians to somehow make the U.S. a better home for Christians. No, we can't. I mean, a couple of things. I mean, even the founding fathers had their flaws. Of course they They set did. out some ideals for us and good ideals mm-hmm. that we want to try to achieve. But let's be honest. They didn't turn this place into a utopia. At all. This has never been a utopia. It's always been a struggle. It's always been a struggle in this nation. And so, again, you can't expect your political leaders to make the U.S. a better home for you. And and, and here's the big thing, Trey. How Over the course of your lifetime, how many presidents have there been, or beyond presidents, senators, government officials, that you would say, yep, that president, that government official— he or she is a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ. Rarely, rarely, it has happened. There has happened. I think we have. One, I think we have one senator in our in our state. That's. I do too. I agree. But uh, but, but by and large, most of the people that lead our nation are lost. <laughs> they're anything but that's Christian. Just, that's just a reality yeah. of it. And so, so for you and I as Christians, Trey, we can't expect lost people to live out our Christian agenda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. There's, they have a different agenda than what we have. We praise God for those believers that he does raise up and put in office from time to time, but that's few and far between. Oh, we yeah. need to pray for our leaders, and we need to pray that, pray that God will raise up Christian leaders. Mm-hmm. But by and large, those people who lead our nation are not devoted followers of Jesus, so we cannot expect them to have the same mindset that we have. We can't expect them to lead us in the ways of Christ. We, we can't expect that because that's not who they are. So don't expect it. This, this is not your home. You, can mm-hmm. expect, you cannot expect earthly leaders to lead this nation in a way that honors God. You just can't. Well, I mean, for, for a leader, I mean, for them to be who they are, they almost have to have a cult of themselves. You right, understand? Right. They almost have to worship themselves. This idea of, <laughs> I guess, I'm yeah. the answer. Yeah, I'm the yeah, answer. Or, yeah. or, or people don't vote for them. That's you know, right. if, they, if they can't, don't have the I answers. I have the solutions. Yeah, I have the solutions all those things, yeah. you know, they're not going to do it. All right. Uh, so uh, 
let's go on to number three, and if we need to inject some things, we will. Uh, don't expect the U.S. to be unified. That's yeah. a, and that's what we hear every yeah. single day yeah. on the news. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm looking through these notes, Trey, and talking through these things, this sounds like a downer of an episode, doesn't it? <laughs> This is not very encouraging, is it? Well, that's because we're sojourners, though, brother. But we are. This is not our home. And we're going to get to the encouragement in just a minute, right? But don't expect the U.S. to be unified. We want that. We have, you know, candidates who are running for different offices who promise unity. Mm -hmm. But can you think of many times in the life of our nation where we've been unified? Well, no, because we've never had unanimous votes. <laughs> no, we haven't. Ever. There's been Somehow times. they say, well, you know, we're doing 50-50 on the presidents. And I'm going, yeah, pretty much all the time is 50-50. All the time. So There have been moments in our history where we've felt unified. You think about 9-11. I mean, that for me, I, I, I was um, you know, 21, 22 years old when 9-11 happened. And I can remember just the sense of unity we mm-hmm. felt as a nation. Mm-hmm. But it didn't last. Oh, no. It was like for a week, right, or two weeks or whatever it was. It wasn't long. It didn't last long at all. Then the fingers came then out. Then the, the fingers came out and started pointing and all that. And so, yeah. so I, you know, you and I, we can't think of many times in our lives where this nation has been really unified. And it's mm-hmm. not going to be. Why is this nation not going to be unified, Trey? Because we have a spiritual war taking place in our world. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the enemy of God wreaking havoc on the people of God, mm. there's not going to be uni- unity. We have lost people and believers in Jesus Christ. We're not going to be unified. The only thing that unifies us is the gospel. The only thing that brings about unity is is change in the lives of people as they trust Christ as Lord of their lives. That's what brings about unity. Politics doesn't bring about unity. Um, you know, Government doesn't bring about unity. The only thing that brings about unity is Jesus. So you can't expect, if Donald Trump promises unity tonight during the debate, he's not going to be able to deliver. If Joe Never. Biden promises unity tonight in the debate, he's Never. not going to be able to deliver. The only one who delivers real unity is Jesus Christ. That's right. And that, But that over and over again you hear, I'm the one that can bring I can unify. I can, I bring can, unify I can work across the aisles and all those kind of things, and it's just not true. It, it just doesn't work. It doesn't. Uh, number number three, don't expect the U.S. to be unified. But number four, do make the best of your temporary home. And I think this is where it starts to get positive. It starts to get a little positive. We've been doing some Debbie Downer here for the last few moments, <laughs> moments but there is yeah. hope. Yeah, there is. Amen. This might not be your home, but the United States or whatever country you live in can be a good temporary home. When the nation of Israel was in Babylonian exile, God spoke to them through a prophet named Jeremiah. Mm. In fact, there's a verse that uh, many people have as a life verse, or maybe they have it, you know, highlighted in their Bibles or a, you know, a poster of it in their homes or whatever the case may be. I know, I the, know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper. That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm-hmm. People love that. We love to uh, tell that verse to graduating seniors from high school or oh, college, yeah. right? You got plans, oh, yeah. and, and that's fine, but that's not the context of the verse. These people were in exile, mm-hmm. and God was promising that he was going to eventually bring them out of exile. Wasn't time yet. They were going to stay in exile a little longer, but God was going to bring them out of exile. And so, so before Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that verse that we all know so well that we you know write on cards and give to college students as they graduate from college, and before those verses, God says in Jeremiah twenty nine uh, verses four through seven, Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. 
Now listen to what he says. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Wow. It's a powerful passage. Yeah, it is. Because God is telling his people, you're not coming out of Babylon quite yet. Mm -hmm. But while you're there, here's what I want you to do. Live. Build houses. Get married. Have sons and daughters. Give them away in marriage. Pray for the welfare of what? The city in which you live. The city you live in. Babylon. This is where you're held captive. But pray for the well-being of Babylon. Mm Mm-hmm. Because in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what we talked about in the last episode a bit, Trey. Salt and light. Yeah. Live with salt and We've light. We've got to do that. You can make your <clears throat> temporary home a better place by the perspective you have on your temporary home. That, that Christ-centered perspective that says, as long as God has me here, it's not my true home. It doesn't feel like home a lot of times. Politicians ain't going to make it a better place, you know, uh, Whatever. But as long as I'm here, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to live for the glory of Jesus and make it better. If you look at a history of the cults, though, they always separate out and want to be separate from everyone. So they would move from where they were to where they could get to other places, and they would set up these compounds, or they would, uh, you know, uh, even the monastic movement of the early church, where they just pulled away from everybody. That, that's not, not what here. we're called yeah. to do either. You God know, says it's get a, in there and get your hands thing. dirty. Exactly. Yeah. Get in there and get your hands dirty. Pray for the welfare of the city. Yeah. And it, you'll, find your, you'll, you'll, you'll find your welfare be salt and light. Mm. Do the best you can. And, and this nation, as you have the right perspective, understanding that it's not your permanent home but your temporary home, you, you can make it a pretty good place by the way you live your life right now. It's not going to be perfect. Mm. We're in a broken world. It could be a pretty good temporary home if you keep your eyes on Jesus and live for his glory and you live to be salt and light in your community. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, I think this has been great. Uh, we often get confused mm-hmm. between this world and the next. Um, and, and I think it is a balance. I think Jeremiah 29 put it, put that very yeah, clearly yeah. that it is a balance how we live. Yeah. So we have somebody out there right now that's uh, struggling with some, you know, they're, they're just having a tough time right now. Yeah. Uh, is that, do they just kind of submit themselves to that or do they try to make things better for themselves? How do, how do, we, how do we work that as, yeah, as yeah, believers yeah. in this world? So as we end our time together, what you need to remember on a daily basis is that this is not your permanent home. Keep your eyes on what's to come. Mm. Someday it's going to be much better. Amen. But right now, in your present situation, whatever your struggle is, and it, for you, maybe the political situation is the last thing on your mind. Maybe it's something else. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a problem at home that's really on your sure. mind. All we can do in this life is keep our eyes on Jesus and make the best of every situation, knowing that whatever situation we find ourselves in as a nation or as individuals, none of it is wasted by God. Amen. He knows exactly what he's doing, Waste. and he knows exactly what he wants to accomplish in your life through the situation you are in. He knows exactly what he wants to accomplish in our nation, even in these crazy political times. God is on his throne. He is reigning and ruling, and someday he's going to bring an end to all the craziness and make everything everything right, and that's where we place our hope. 
Truth be told, Pastor, is nothing surprises God. Nope, not at all. And uh, we've got to leave it in his hands. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's such an impact on our lives every day. Well, close us out and uh, let us know what we need to be getting ready for for next week. All right. We hope the day has been helpful for you. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. And if it has, go ahead and share this with somebody. Make sure that you subscribe so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.